the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. It is good to have all of you. <clears throat> Brother David is sitting in a prayer room there uh, watching the uh, seats are where he can be a little more comfortable and they may have to slip out, but I know we're all thrilled that they are here and we're, he, they were able to come. And um, I uh, appreciate all of you being in the house of the Lord and Brother Bud McCrary turning 99 and and walking, that's a great milestone. Got up, walked a mile uh, on an outdoor trail. He was out, out uh, walking around, so praise the Lord. That's great, and the White's anniversary and all these wonderful announcements that uh, we've, milestones that people have uh, been experiencing. But we're, we're thankful for all of you being here. I will, I know it's Valentine's. Normally we would be having a cake auction today and we would be sort of uh, limited to our, that cake auction, but uh, time-wise and everybody wanting to uh, get over and buy a cake, but we've moved the cake auction uh, to April, I think. Is that right? April the 10th. Uh, good to see Pi here, too, as well. Uh, his grandmother passed away this week, and uh, he and his uh, girlfriend, but uh, good to have them here. But we are moving the cake auction, is that right, April the 10th? So we'll have Valentine's Day, April the 10th. Your sweetheart will be here April the 10th, I guess, maybe. Anyway, who knows? Um, uh, but the, have, it can be cake of any kind, whatever. Uh, doesn't have to be a Valentine's Day cake, but uh, that will be happening uh, in April. They're going to have the cake auction. So uh, don't forget those announcements. But we're, we're thankful you're here. We are growing apostolic legacy. Today I'm going to be talking about uh, a, a, a being childlike. We are uh, looking at, uh, wasn't able to get it on this remote, so uh, being childlike. And I know uh, that's a little different in saying being childish versus being childlike. I don't want you to uh, think for a moment that um, we are uh, uh, recommending that you uh, be childish, uh, but more uh, that you would be childlike. And so, hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let's see, if we, uh, is it coming up at all? Uh, we, we don't have it. Uh, they're, they're working on it. So uh, anyway, we, um, <clears throat> we are glad that you, uh, you want me to resend that or something? Or uh, here, you can send it, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, it was from last week, but we didn't use it last week. So praise the Lord, hallelujah. Uh, the book of Matthew records the uh, time uh, that when the little children came and he blessed them and there were those uh, situations that occurred. And uh, oh, I forgot to mention, then I just saw a group go by. We had uh, a few uh, chicken enchiladas, uh, a few pieces of cake, a few, um, uh, uh, there was something else. A soup, yes, that was it, the soup, the uh, chicken tortilla soup. Uh, 
and it does not have any carbs in it uh, that I know of, or, or gluten rather. It doesn't have any gluten in it uh, unless you add chips or uh, salt, sour cream or whatever, but uh, they have that. You can take it home. They brought it across. Uh, you're welcome to take it home, put it in your freezer. It was very, very good. All of the food was good. The soup was good. The uh, enchiladas were good. The cake was delicious. It's called tres leches, which means three milks. And um, so it's uh, loaded with um, uh, moisture, milk. So it's got three milks poured in it. So anyway, welcome to take a piece when you go. That'll be, it's in to-go containers and they'll be going out. But Matthew, the 18th chapter and uh, verse one through four, reading it in the Amplified, it says, at the time the disciples came up and asked Jesus, who then is really the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to himself and put him in the midst of them and said, truly I say unto you, and in the Amplified it says it like this, unless you repent, change, turn about, and become like little children, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiven, forgiving, you can never enter the kingdom of heaven at all. These are not my words. Uh, they're the words of Jesus. Whoever will humble himself, therefore. Notice that's a personal decision to humble yourself. And most of us don't like to really do that, especially as we get older. Uh, once we hit the, about the age of two, um, Two and up, we don't like to humble ourselves. Kind of below two, we don't have a choice yet because we're totally dependent. But somewhere around two, we recognize, you know, there are some things that I can control and I can do. And let's just see which one of us is bigger. Any parent know what I'm talking about? And uh, then I, uh, that's why I guess they wonderfully call it uh, the terrible twos. I don't know, uh, because um, at this moment, uh, <clears throat> here we go, it's coming up, being childlike. And there's Jesus, and there's the verses. Wonderful, thank you. And uh, praise the Lord for technology. See how much you all miss that? <laughs> he says, I, I miss it greatly. He said, whosoever shall humble himself, therefore, and become like this little child, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So when you, you know, when you think of that, that was one example in, I, in Matthew. There was, uh, you know, uh, the Lord, when he opened up, though, his discussion or sermon that's commonly called the Sermon on the Mount, the, Jesus began uh, by saying some of what we refer to as the Beatitudes or the blessings, the blessings. And he says, blessed, and in the Amplified, it means happy or to be envied, spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, 
regardless of their outward conditions. That's a mouthful, but that's what it means to be blessed. Being blessed doesn't mean that you have a new car. Being blessed doesn't mean that you have a new house. Being blessed doesn't have anything to do with your outward. Being blessed is something that happens on the inside. And when it happens on the inside, you are so thankful on the outside. Does that not mean that I feel blessed to have my son-in-law here? Sure, doubly blessed. Because I don't know what would have happened, you know, eight days ago. I don't know what the doctors would have said. But regardless, I would have still had to say I'm blessed. Regardless of the outcome. Now that's hard. It's easier to talk about than it is to walk through that. It's easier to say, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored than it is to feel that way all the time, quite honestly. But, but Jesus starts out by saying blessed, and then here's what his first example was. Blessed are the poor. No, 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 wait, 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 but let me rewrite this, Lord. Blessed are the very rich. Why didn't Jesus say the blessings like I like them? Why would he say blessed are the poor in spirit? Why would he say blessed when you are humble, who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven? Basically, even though he wasn't saying it directly, he was saying blessed when you're a child, when you're humble, when you're dependent, when you need God. In fact, many years ago, brother, I call him, T.D. Jakes, amazing speaker, minister, in, I think, Virginia for a while, then went to Dallas, now Potter's House there, amazing. Probably everybody in here has heard him, African-American, amazing minister. I heard him several years ago in Florida before he became quite as well-known. Just, I remember we were at a meeting, mom and dad and and uh, my wife and I said, that guy's unbelievable. And it was in a motel. We were in a motel room. I mean, like overflow motel mall room. And, um, but that's neither here nor there. Wrote a book called, You Can't Stand Being Blessed. I don't know if you've ever seen it, read it. Little thin book. I guess he preached a sermon on it. Or was it you can or can you stand being blessed? Something like that. Because he talked about how when people get blessed, they start making money, they start doing good, things start clicking, that unfortunately they forget God. And we've all seen that played out. He wasn't referring to a spiritual blessing. He was referring to what we would say is a blessing 
Oh, I got a blessing. I got a raise. Oh, I got a blessing. I got a promotion. Oh, I was blessed. I got, huh? And we're all guilty, probably, of referring to blessings as being good things. And Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Poverty is a blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Well, he, he opened up bad, but let's go a little further. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, he wasn't meaning, you know, you don't, not having any money was a blessing, although it can be. Uh, but anyway, blessed, and he goes through the happy to be envied, all those things, are those who, this will be a good one, best are those who get excited and dance and have something to shout about. What did he say? Oh, man. Jesus, I think you've made a mistake here. I uh, don't think you know what a blessing is. <laughs> It is not to be envied when you are mourning. Huh? let, let Let me explain to you the definition of the word. Huh? Let's correct Jesus here. This is the Sermon on the Mount, and let's make sure he gets it straight this time. First he said, poor in spirit, and now he is just, Now he says, mourning. Happy are they that mourn. (laughs) Unbelievable. And then why did he say that? For they shall feel the comfort of the Holy Ghost. They shall be comforted. So what he was saying is, When you are poor in spirit, that's when the presence of the Lord will hover over and lift you up like he never has before. When you are in mourning, that's when you can feel the presence of God. So maybe the Lord, let's see if he gets it right on the third one. Blessed are the awesome. Blessed are those that really got it all together, man. Huh? Blessed are those that... They hot and they know they hot. Huh? Blessed are you when you can just walk into a room and own it. I mean, with all eyes, just, whoa, here he is. Just drop the mic. And let's be honest, there are people that command that kind of, I mean, David came in, everybody rejoiced today. Why? Because it's a miracle, and he owned the room for a while. I sent him out so he wouldn't, (laughs) y'all wouldn't keep looking at him. No, I didn't. Don't go there. Don't think that. But if 
Biden came in, if LeBron James came in, if Tom Brady came in, if Trump came in, you put the name in, would, what would we do? Say, oh, pastor, we, our attention is on you right now. Huh? Don't go there. Some of y'all would be sneaking a glance over. How's he taking all of this? Huh? Because he's a blessed man, whichever one of those you like or don't like. or You, you understand what I'm saying? And so Jesus is going to get it right this time. And so what does he say? Blessed are the meek, the humble, those that are not commanding the room those that are not, who are mild, patient, long-suffering, for they shall inherit the earth. And the reason I, I talked about that is because as a child, when we sense of I'm going to have to be childlike, children, now when they get, as they get older, and I said two and up sometimes it happens, but they don't realize that, you know, they have power until at some point. And, and as a parent, uh, you know, we have to, uh, it's important whenever they cry as a baby that we go and before long at some point they begin to dawn on them. If I cry, I have a little power. And then, you know, as you're trying to help them learn how to not need a diaper, and they realize, I got a little authority here. Yeah. Huh? And uh, they learn how to look around the room, and they, so the meekness begins to drain out uh, somehow. And security versus poverty, you know, when you are poor in spirit, you're very needy, and children usually are, are very secure until the, all of a sudden needs aren't being met and psychologically. So those first three Beatitudes cover these three things, the security issues, the pleasure issues, because mourning versus having fun. I mean, which would you rather do? You know, go to a funeral or go to a wedding. That's why sometimes they have wakes, you know, after a funeral because it's like we've been sad for four days and so, man, let's party now. There are people that take that approach. Not being critical, I'm just telling you, we know that the opposite of mourning is to have fun. Nobody says, well, man, I, oh, man, that's great. I just want to mourn today. I mean, we don't have that feeling. And so the Lord nailed those three things right at the beginning. He was talking about security versus poverty, pleasure versus mourning, and then a sense of 
power versus uh, being uh, meek or humble. So when you think what, about what keeps us up at night uh, now, whenever Jesus says being childlike, blessed are those that are like a child, unless you ha be like a child. What, what keeps me up? What worries me? What troubles me? Usually it has to do with those three important needs, security or uh, power or pleasure. Those are the three things that usually keep me up at night. It's how am I gonna have fun? How am I gonna be secure? How am I gonna have power? What makes me feel? Gives me a sense of peace and calm and joy and happiness. What gives me a sense of being important and needed and respected and appreciated? How is that, you know? And so I, I, don't, I don't want anybody to not think that I'm important. I don't want anybody to think bad of me. I don't want anybody, and I, that, I wrestle with that. I wrestle with how am I gonna feel I, a sense of joy and what, how am I gonna have fun? And I can't have fun unless I do A, B, C, and I, that's that's why I've got to do this and how am I going to feel uh, peace and calm and, and it's very real. I'm not, I am not suggesting that it's not real. I'm not suggesting these needs aren't important. They are a basic human need and drive. What will make me feel secure? What's going to where I, you know, I don't, I don't know when we were when we were, had bought our property and, and uh, I took mom and dad out and I said, we're gonna build a house out here and they weren't moving here. And one of the first things my dad said was, I'm not sure your mother's gonna wanna live this far from town. <laughs> I said, well, she won't be here alone. Remember telling me that? He said, yeah, but I don't know. We've lived in town all of our lives. And those of you who know where my house is, no, it's not. I mean, it's up a high hill, but it's not miles and miles away. And his first thing was, I don't know. And I, I said, well, okay, let's just do it and then we'll see. <laughs> But I don't want to raise, have you raise your hand if you've had ever felt a security concern or if you've ever felt a, a sense of how am I going to have fun? What am I going to do? I'm, I'm lonely. I'm, huh? Or how am I going to be important? And, and, and I understand. And security, I will start on that one. Just kind of, and, and I'm going to look through the word. And I know uh, our time, 11.05. But, but how, what's going to make me secure? And, and then it becomes how much money? How much money am I going to have in my 401k? How much money am I going to have in my retirement account? How much money will I have in the bank? What kind of career will I have? What kind of relationships will I have? Whenever my reality doesn't meet my expectations of security, that's when I start getting frustrated, angry, bitter, worried, anxious, resentful, huh? fearful, and I can slip into a swamp of emotions called self-pity and sadness and depression, and I, I am just overwhelmed at my lot in life and that whole 
sense of security. I mentioned to you last Sunday that I had talked to the ministers and I, and I talked to, uh, I, I gave the example uh, of Saving Private Ryan and, and you, you remember the movie where uh, Tom Hanks plays whatever lieutenant or captain or whatever it was that uh, helped lead four or five men to save this one guy whose brothers had also died uh, during World War II and, and I guess in the, 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 the last scene he is uh, dying, Tom Hanks is having given his life for this individual and, and he is saying earn this or earn it and he's basically saying uh, all of the blood that was shed for you, now you go out and you earn this and you do what is right. Don't ever forget what was done for you. And I mentioned last Sunday, how could we not feel the same way about what Jesus has done for us? Amen. The blood that he has shed, and yet we can't earn that blood. But if there was ever a mandate to live for him, it ought to be those of us who know he went to Calvary and died for me. And as John said in his gospel, that Jesus tells his disciples, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now he's walking with them. And if somebody were walking with you and they looked at you and said, it is better. This is this, you know, paradox that Jesus said. It's better for you that I go away. Better for you that I die. Better for you that I don't, that I leave. Most of us immediately would say, no. No, no, that's not better. It's not better to mourn. It's not better. That's not blessed. It's not blessed. He said, but if I don't go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he shall reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. In other words, of sin. Why? because they don't believe on me. You see, the key for security in that regard is, do I believe that the Lord is never going to forsake me? Do I believe that the Lord is going to make a way? Do I believe that the Lord has got his hand on me through this valley? Do I believe that when we go into the surgery that God is still God and whatever he... That's what the comforter comes in to talk to me about. Of sin, because if you, you get yourself where you lose faith in God before long, you quit becoming childlike and you try to protect yourself. 
And I'm telling you, there's not enough that you can do to protect yourself, whether it's from the pandemic or what. I'm not telling be foolish. I'm not saying don't wear a mask. I'm not saying quit washing your hands. But what I'm here to tell you is, ultimately, you've got to put your trust and your faith in Almighty God and say, God, you are able to do the impossible. I'll do my best, but I'm still depending on you, Lord. You say, well, he's going to sin the world, reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment because, number one, you don't believe on me, and of righteousness, doing what is right, the belief impacts security. Doing what's right impacts pleasure. Am I going to do what's right? And be able to have fun? Well, I won't have fun. I don't have any fun. Now, if I would go out and party, if I would go, then I'll have fun. The Holy Ghost will convict you about doing what's right. And you can have fun and do what's right. And you say, not me. You don't know me, Pastor. I don't have fun unless I'm laid out in a bar. I'm going to tell you, you don't really know what fun is until you let the Holy Ghost flow through you, change your countenance, and you get around some folks and begin to feel the presence of Almighty God, and you begin to think, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to take a trip on the good old gospel ship. That's great to have a cruise. Wonderful to plan for a cruise. It's wonderful to plan to go to Disney. It's wonderful. But you know what? There's a greater vacation that's coming my way. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. What a time I'm going to have dancing on a street of gold that is crystal clear. What a miracle. That's my party time. If I never party here, let me tell you, when I get there, we're going to have a party. It's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb, a banquet. He said, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And then of judgment, that's the third thing he's going to, the Holy Ghost is going to reprove. And you know what that third thing has to do with? Power. Security, pleasure, judgment. Because a judge, when you go before a judge, guess who has all the power in the room? Nobody's looking around at the bailiff. Nobody's looking at the stenographer. Nobody's looking at the guard. But it's what does the judge going to say? He has the power. He owns the room. When he comes in, what does everybody do? Hey, man. Hey, what y'all doing over there, huh? Some of you... Sister Liz, you work in a courthouse. What do, what do they make everybody do when the judge walks in? All rise. The judge walked in. You want to talk about ultimate power? And when the king of kings, 
The Bible says every knee. shall bow and every tongue <laughs> shall confess. I'm telling you the power of the Holy Ghost. It reminds me that this world is not my home and one day I'm facing the judge and he's not going to be just the judge. He's not going to be just the king. He's going to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. When you are feeling meek and you are feeling whipped and you are feeling down and you are feeling like I have no power, you need to pray through till the Holy Ghost begins to flow so that you begin to realize, you know what? One day I'm going to have an audience with the ultimate power source. It's not Donald. It's not Joe. The ultimate power. It's not Putin. It's not, huh? Let me tell you who I serve. As David said, he's the one that could have said, you don't need surgery. Or he could have said, you're going to go through it. But what I know is my security, my fun, and my power is ultimately tied up in him. And what the world is seeking, it's one of those three things usually. I want to just have fun. I just want to have a good time. I just want to have friends. I just want to have acquaintances. I just want to be normal. I want to have a little authority. I want to have a little power. I just want to have a little security. I want to have a little money. I want to have a nice job. I, huh? It's not that those things are wrong, but I want to tell you, unless you become like a child and say, Lord, all of that is only met in one place, and that's met at the foot of the cross. When I join your kingdom, when I humble myself to become one of you, when I crucify my will, and I say, Lord, you are able to keep me secure. You are able. I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't care. We, if you have a concealed carry, I don't care if you have a million dollars in your 401k. I don't care what you have, but you got to know, and, and I, got, I got verses to prove it. No matter how big your barns are, you can't be able to get bet for tomorrow. Huh? Something could be growing in you for 17 years and you don't know it. No matter how much you think you can party and have fun, there's no party like a Holy Ghost party. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You want to talk about having a good in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. Woo. Power. I can go into Walmart and nobody knows who I am and I can go here and nobody knows me. But one of these days, angelic beings are going to say, they own the room. Here comes the bride. 
and we're going to walk down a transparent street of gold and we're going to own all of heaven, the universe, the stars are going to immediately say, we know 